0: has it, gives to Franklin, he no, dies no, I don't think no, he got it, I no. don't think Ball's he got up, it, ball the ball up. is out, Ball's the Bengals out. have scooped Ball's it up. Burrow bouncing in the pocket, his throw caught at the 10 yard line, T- night, night. straight into the end zone, touchdown Bengals, it's a T D
1: Hello and welcome to episode 144 of Cincinnati, the Bengals UK podcast that is on Cloud9. Week 1 is in the books, ladies and gentlemen. We won a game, we won a football game, the Bengals are (sighs) 1-0. And relax. Or don't. It's entirely up to you. Don't relax. Be cock-a-hoop. Dance like you just don't care. On tables. Discard your clothes. Run out into the street. Actually, don't do that. But, um... Just have fun. Enjoy the moment. Um, Who knows what the end of the season is going to be like. So this is a fantastic start of the season. And to go through it all, the good, the brilliant and the not so good. Did you know there's no ugly this week? No ugly, no good, bad and the ugly. Just good, good and not so good. So to go through all that with me, of course, is Nathan Palmer. Nathan, hello. Are you as excited and as ecstatic as I am?
2: Oh, man, I'm absolutely buzzing, my son. I mean, we've been doing this podcast for about three or four years now, and we really did start the podcast at a terrible time to be a Bengals fan. We've not really had too much um, competitive football, big wins to shout about. There was maybe that first six, eight games uh, in one of Marvin's last year's. I think we started quite well and then floundered quite quickly after that. So to get a win like that i mean my blood is you know it's just it's it's just um it's boiling with boiling with positivity you know i just such a such a fantastic win like that in overtime at the end um against a decent minnesota team um i'm absolutely buzzing mate i'm on cloud nine
1: Exactly. And as Nathan mentioned, the, the reason why our blood is boiling, not just simmering, but boiling and not in an angry way, but a pleasurable, almost sexual way, I would say. is Yeah, be- that's
2: exactly how I would describe it.
1: It's <laughs> because this happened yesterday.
0: The Bengals field goal unit is lined up and ready to go. A 33 yard try to win the game for Evan McPherson. Fifth round draft pick rookie out of Florida. Clark Harris, 13th-year pro, will snap it back to Kevin Huber, 13th-year pro. The snap, the put-down, the swing of the leg, the kick, on its way. Ball, it ball. is good! Yeah. Nice. The Bengals nice. win it on the final play of overtime. Evan McPherson hoisted onto the shoulders of his teammates as Cincinnati pulls it out, 27-24. to
1: God bless Dan Horde and Dave Lapham there. And... Um, Hats off to the crowd at PBS. I mean, we had uh, Jeremy, Captain Obvious, uh, Captain Bengals rather now, um, on our online tailgate yesterday. And he he was saying he's not felt this sort of level of excitement and anticipation for a long time. And certainly the atmosphere just sounded fantastic. I mean, it was was kind of roaring through the TV screens, wasn't it?
2: Oh, I'll tell you what. That Jamar Chase touchdown, listen back to that on the highlights, it is like a cauldron in there. You can just hear everyone like... Like It's a real (laughs) everyone outpour of emotion. And I think not only because the Bengals have struggled in the last couple of years, but obviously COVID and the stadium not being able to be anywhere near capacity last year comes into that. And I just think for... The outpour of emotion and positivity and obviously all the stuff, you know, there's a lot of people you could tell this week in the lead up to the game. Very angry with the stuff being put out in the media about Jamar Chase and slandering his name a bit with the old, like, oh, didn't know the ball was like a different, um, slightly different size and all that stuff. And you could tell there was a lot of people pissed off. And for Joe Burrow as well, to answer his critics with a knee, people not knowing whether he could come back or not, to come back and um, bang a deep. 50-yard pass to chase him, reel it in, shake off the defender and take that home to give us a two-score lead. I think for everyone, that's about as good as it could have got, I think.
1: Mentioning the uh, media, we have Barry Bullshit coming on a little bit later to talk about an article that he wrote for Pro Football Fart. About Jamal Chase. And um, and also, I tuned into uh, an NFL show yesterday and they got to the the Bengals-Vikings game and it was kind of like, well, Joe Burrow's not been looking sharp, as sharp as he has done. Uh, he's not planting his leg properly. And it's kind of like the geezers played three snaps in pre-season. Well, how, where are you getting this information from? How do you know? What is... And there was a lot of kind of flyby or drive-through kind of uh, analysis in the lead-up to this, so it was fantastic to um, well, stick it up their asses, really, wasn't it? That's that's always pleasurable. Um, I think it is time now, though, for some uh, in in honor of Nathan's recent trip to Italy, some reazione. Reazione, reazione. Right, some reaccione from yesterday's game. Um, where do you start with that game? Because there was, I mean, it, it went the distance. I mean, I'm not just talking like four quarters. It went for a fifth overtime segment. It was, I mean, there was a, there's lots to kind of unpack from that game, isn't Whoa.
2: there? Where do you, start? you start? So let's break it down bit by bit. Do you want to talk about the offense first?
1: Yeah, it was it was a bit of a sticky start, wasn't it? I mean both offences struggled to move the ball a little bit, I thought. Um we were obviously being quite conservative and trying to establish the run game, but yeah, we found it difficult to move the ball early doors, and I thought, Oh God, here we go again. Same old, same old. Um but it was the defence, I think. The defence was was the was the standout uh group uh early doors, the intensity at which they played and just the just the push that they were getting and they, they were kind of terrorising Kirk Cousins early doors. And, and and more importantly, that offensive line. That offensive line of of Minnesota gave up twelve penalties in the first half alone. Twelve penalties, man. That's kind of ridiculous. That was almost Bengals like, in fact worse than Bengals at their worst, you know, so yeah, it
2: that was, was that was the difference. I think I, I'm, there was not a huge amount between the teams. I think, like you said at the start, the Bengals came out very conservative, and those couple, first, certainly the first two or three drives, felt like they could have been preseason drives to iron out and get out the system. And I think you, you could tell they wanted to just ease um, Burrow back in, get a few screen passes, try and run the ball, don't put anything downfield, don't give him, don't let him hold the ball for too long, and. That did seem a bit conservative, but our defence stepped up and did an incredible job of holding the Vikings. And that Vikings offence will be a good offence this season. If they stay healthy and they played together last season, Dalvin Cook, Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson and Kirk Cousins, that's a good unit. I mean they're going to cause some problems for some teams this year Cousins and um, sorry um, Thielen and Jefferson are a very very good one 2 combo and mm. obviously Cook one of the best running backs in the league so for us to really I mean we didn't stop them I wouldn't say but we certainly kept them in check they didn't go off against us we we did a fairly good job I think of containing them and hats off like you said to the defence we all worried a little bit I think in the off season that that might be our Achilles heel and so far throughout the preseason, and carrying that over into the, the regular season against a potent unit. I think they did a great job.
1: Dalvin Cook, twenty carries all in all for sixty one yards. It's not often you hear that. And yes, Kirk Cousin passed for a lot of yards, but only because they were getting no joy in the run game and um just a fantastic you know a job. Exactly, fantastic Kirk. job
2: hundred percent. I mean, the one thing with Kirk Cousins is crazy is he had a 70 plus um, percentage completion wise, 350 pass yards, two passing touchdowns, no interceptions in a loss. And that's only the third time in his career he's done that, which is the most in NFL history that he's lost a game with those stats since 1950. Like No other quarterback has had that positive a stat line and lost more than three games, which shows you how well the Bengals have done that even though they've given that up, 70-plus completion percentage, 350 yards, two touchdowns, no turnovers, and lost a game. So, you know, you've got to think fair play to us, despite having, you know, that sort of stat line from Cousins that we've turned it into a win. So, impressive.
1: Yeah, I, I was just impressed with the the pass rush throughout the game. I mean, they just yeah. really... I mean, Larry Ogunjobi, goodness me, he was, he was pushing people all over the place. BJ Hill... Had yep. a great debut. Trey Hendrickson had a terrific debut. Seven quarterback pressures, I believe, throughout the game. Uh, who else? Josh Tupu was in there. And, and DJ Reader was terrific as well. Um, the linebackers, Jermaine Pratt, I think, had his best game in a Bengals shirt. Not you know, not even talking about the fumble, but just generally speaking. Uh, Chidabay Wujie Chido um, had a fantastic game. The only person who didn't have a fantastic game, perhaps, was Eli Apple. And I, I guess we kind of imagined that. But he had a horror drive, yep. didn't he? An absolute horror series where he gave that up that or missed that tackle, which turned like a third and 20 odd into a first down. And then he got, uh, he slipped in the end zone after contact from Thielen. And Thielen scored the touchdown. Um, yeah, he was, he was. But then again, you didn't really notice him throughout the whole game. Really, it wasn't it wasn't awful throughout the whole game, but just that series, he was pretty bad. But you know, I know I know people don't necessarily tune into this podcast for stats and uh, X's and O's and things like that. But I did I did wonder because Joby got one sack and B J Hill got two, right? So I did wonder how many sacks we got from the whole position, the defensive tackle position last year. I'm not talking about nose tackles, so I'm leaving DJ Radio out of this. But, you know, when you think we had Geno Atkins in there, Mike Daniels, Khalil McKenzie, Xavier Williams, Christian Covington, all these guys in there, how many sacks between all of them do you think they produced throughout the whole season from that position? Five. One. Wow. So, from that position yesterday, in one game, we got three sacks. So... Already after one game, that the production from that position is already you know <laughs> kind of you know over double uh, what we got from that position last year, and it's only after one game, so that's fairly astonishing, I think. And um, just watching those guys, I say Tupu. Tupu is not known for uh, for being a pass rusher, but I, I saw a couple of fantastic ball rushes from him that was pushing the the Vikings. Uh, Center and guard completely out of the way, you know. It's just uh, mental, Uh, you know. Unless we've we've got to temper it, we've got to temper it slightly by saying that the Vikings do not have a fantastic offensive line. But you can only, you know, do the business against who you're against, if that makes sense. But um, yeah, that was the first. uh, Just the the intensity at which the defense. It felt like that Pittsburgh game last year. Do you know what I mean? Um, It was really intense. Everyone was, you know, they were getting great pass rush. They were stopping Dalvin Cook, and uh, it was it was great to see, really. So yeah, full marks to the defense. They were certainly the uh, the unit that lit the fire early doors yesterday, and then obviously the offense kind of followed a little bit.
2: I think the big, I completely agree with you, Sam. And the biggest thing for me was the Bengals turning up in the a really closely contested fight like that and playing situational football. And they got ahead. And at the end, when the, the the Vikings tied it with that field goal, I just thought, oh, no, Like it's overtime. And when Minnesota had the ball, and they had a, they had the ball, they could have just packed up shop. Dalvin Cook didn't even really need to run that play. It would have been a 54, 55-yard field goal. That geezer knocked two through from 53 quite comfortably. I'm sure he could have added another two yards. The Bengals stole that. And I just think the confidence yeah, yeah. that will give the team, because they've been in those games before. And if, they, if they'd said, look, we ain't even running this ball, we're just going to bang it through. And that geezer rolls up, bangs 55 through. The Vikings get out of Cincinnati with a win. We'd be on this podcast today lamenting the fact that, look, they played well. It looked good. There were some bad decisions from Zach Taylor. And some of those false down calls were a bit questionable. And... What's wrong? How can we not? How can we win these games? Blah blah. There's some positives to take, and it'd be that classic narrative that it's felt like for the last sort of year and a half, two years. But they won. They were the ones that pulled out the hat at the end, got the fumble, gambled on fourth down. Great play from Burrow to Uzama. That was really incredible. Call aggressive just beautiful ball placement on that ball you could see CJ Ozan wasn't even looking when the ball was yeah, in mid-air yeah, he turns yeah. around it's in his basket he takes it comfortably into field goal range Bengals win it and the confidence level after the last two years with those opening day games against the, uh, the, the LA Chargers and the Seahawks we played really well in both of them we deserved to win and we lost and I think it's always hard to go uphill from there especially sort of rookie second year head coach rookie quarterback you know the, all the rest of it to come back from harsh losses in week one. And for us to win that, I just can't tell you how positive and meaningful that will be for the guys in the locker room because there's so much hot air, and you have to call it that until you can back it up, that great cultures and, oh, the team really want to win and we're all in this and we're up for it, but you've got to show some substance for it. And I think for the first time, that to me, that's Zach Taylor's biggest win. You can say the Steelers game was a big win last year, but it ultimately didn't matter that game last night really mattered and I think that's a serious platform we can build off of and kudos to Zach. I know that even there's a couple of question marks in there and whatever else, but to get a win like that at home, Bengals were underdogs in that game with the bookies and I think with a lot of people around the league and that's a big, big win in a tight game, so hats off.
1: Yeah, it's, it is all about a platform, isn't it? And I think it was weird yesterday because I thought we, to begin with, we started to look as though we were snatching... Defeat from the jaws of victory, and then we snatch victory from the jaws of defeat.
2: How good is the entertainment of the NFL, though? That's how it goes so many different ways, doesn't it? Because exactly like you said, at one point I was like, "Ah, "This is quite comfortable, really. It's going to be a good win for us." And then at one point I was like, literally mailing it in pissed off and then who knows you know we're kicking the field goal for the win quite comfortably at the end so and there's and there's no there's beautiful no, there's entertainment
1: absolutely is i mean objectively what a game what for a neutral, game yeah goodness me i mean i'm sure your pals who you watch it with were going on oh, what is going on this is a brilliant game
2: um, well yeah I mean, certainly to get five quarters, like you said, instead of four, the beers are flowing, it's a Sunday night, and you just think, oh, I've missed this. Yeah, you know I mean? absolutely, yeah.
1: Um, well, we need w- one thing we do need to talk about, and you mentioned it there, I mean, there's no question that the Bengals, I wouldn't say coasting, and they had a chance to really put the nail in the coffin, um, but they went for a fourth and one on their own 30 in the third quarter. Now... That's caused a lot of debate. Some say it was ballsy and bold and gutsy. Some say it was kind of footballing suicide. Um I mean, where do where do you start? Of course they didn't get it either. And of course, immediately afterwards the the Vikings scored a touchdown and they were back in it and then suddenly they were you know, eventually went to overtime. Now who knows what would have happened if they'd have made it. You know, they might have stalled the next. Um the next series, you know, Um, but I thought it was very risky. I mean, I don't mind going for fourth downs on, on uh, when you're around midfield and, uh, but on your own 30, you had the chance to pin the Vikings back inside their 20, maybe their 15, even 10. If you're, you know, probably not that far because Huber is kicking it. What from Probably around his 10 yard lines. You're, you know, you're, you're, going to be pinning them back you've got a chance to run the clock out there's a reason why and you know a lot of people kind of say well that's playing scared but to me that and that's not being conservative or playing scared you can be aggressive on playing special teams you can be aggressive in forcing you know a team back deep inside their own half you know two scores down Approach, I can't remember when it was. Was it approaching the end of the third quarter or midway to the third yeah. quarter, or something like that? Yeah, yeah. You had the chance to really eat up a lot of time there, and the defense was playing fantastically well. And don't forget, you know, once you're back in your own kind of 30-20-yard line, the pressure is on if you've got two scores, you know And the defense was yeah. all over them. I thought it was, I thought it was the wrong decision.
2: No, I completely agree. And there's a lot of stats out there that people. And I know Zach Taylor when he took over, he's big into his sort of you know his footballing metrics and stats and odds and all the rest of it. And there was a few things floating about on Twitter today about well, actually, the stats say that if you did go for it, the odds of getting it outweigh the odds of not. And this, this, and the rest of it, and win percentages <laughs> and all of these things that they love to throw around now. And I think sometimes you've got to be really careful with those stats because as much as they've been measured and taken and the AI and the machine learning and all the rest of it. You cannot measure momentum. There's no quantifiable way to measure that. You give a team the ball on the 30 yard line in the third quarter away from home, just when you feel like you've got the momentum and you're a team that hasn't been very good for two years and you actually don't necessarily need to take a risk of that. You cannot quantify that in statistics. So whatever stats you're taking there can't always capture um, that moment in time and the situation there. And, I just think, yeah, sure. Mixon runs that over, and he doesn't fall over. He doesn't trip over his legs. He smashes it forward. We get two yards. You're still not guaranteed to win the game there. Like that's that's mm-hmm. great. You've moved it forward, but it's still with the third quarter. You're still only up by two. It's only first and ten. You're still in your own half. You, it's not like you've killed the game there and then. You you know you could turn it over the next play, and then it's all for nothing. So. For me, in that situation, I, you punt the ball, like you said, you keep them deep, you're up two scores, you've got all the momentum, your defence is playing well, let them you know, let them beat you in that situation if they're going to. They'd have to really do a good job there to march down the field, score a ball off, you know, what a 70, 80-yard drive, and then you know, get it back off you, do the same thing again, and then even then it's tied. I just didn't think that was a smart move, really. I know it's 4-1, I know you've got to back your team, I know you want to be aggressive, and Zach Taylor's very much like, I want to win the game here, I don't want to play you know, play not to lose, I want to play to win and I respect that but in that situation and all this statistical sort of this, that and the other I think you have to be able to quantify the context of the, the situation there and for us up two scores, we made it more difficult than we needed to You know, unbelievable we won the game but I don't think we needed to make that call Yeah, no,
1: there. I agree and he came out and said actually he doesn't regret going for it on fourth down but he regrets the play call, uh, he got that wrong he said and that, to me, is still a little bit. I know not everybody gets everything right all the time, but on such a big down like that, I mean, that still worries me slightly that he's not getting those play calls right. Yeah. And there was another yeah. there was another fourth down incident late in the second half where again the Bengals could have iced it, and um, they kind of just ran it all the time, and all it needed was like a first down, they would have iced that game, and um, they didn't get it again either and they chose not to go for it on fourth down um
2: i still think that there's questionable play calls out there and there's questionable coaching decisions out there but what that says to me is that's one hand of it you can look at it positively or negatively but crucially the pingles i thought played really well yesterday yeah, i agree the i agree yeah I I really thought that, and that you were saying at the start of the show, the good, the bad, and the not so bad, there really was not much ugly. There was some real talent on display, I Mm -hmm. thought. I thought the wide receivers played well, the defence played well. We've talked about Burrow, I think, having not played in a long time and coming off an injury, played very well. So the team and the talent is really exciting. And I just think from a coaching perspective, if Zach Taylor can step his game up and his coordinators can continue working hard and Gaining experience and making better in-game adjustments and decisions. I mean, this could be a very dangerous team because there's some really good-looking talent there. Um, yeah,
1: and it's and as you say, momentum's a key thing and uh, confidence is too. And as soon as yeah. you know everyone's firing, um, it was interesting actually. When I mean, he got a lot of, a bit of heat actually, Zach didn't he, for being a bit conservative? But I I was okay with his play calling in terms of run past balance because they you know that was the key thing this one of the key things this year I think they wanted to solve was to make that running game better. And Joe Mixon yep. 29 carries, 127 yards, four point four yards a carry and a touchdown. You take that every day. And Joe yep. Joe Burrow, you know, we moaned about the fact that he was passing the ball forty, fifty times last yep. year. He had twenty seven attempts yesterday. 20 completions, 261 yards and two touchdowns. I mean that is beautifully balanced when it comes to offense. Yep. Um so I think they I think they'd be really happy with the balance that they managed to strike. They were, must be delighted that Mixon yep. got over 120 yards. That they yep. uh, everything that must be one of the key things that they they'd be really pleased with. Um I mean amazing stuff agree. really. And um, Jamar Chase obviously 101 yards on five car- on five receptions that was great to see after everything that's been talked about. So yeah, you look through that kind of stat sheet and it's brilliantly balanced. Just perfect in many ways I think.
2: Certainly for the first game, I think in the future you want Joe Burrow to be thrown more than 27 times if he gets back into his groove, maybe not like you said before, 40, 50 times, but certainly into the 30s, late 30s, I think we'll see a lot more of that. But why do you? Why do you? Why do you? Because he's so talented and I think you can do more with the ball with him throwing it 30, 40 times than you can him throwing it 20 times. But didn't didn't we moan
1: about the fact that he was throwing it too? I think. I think when he's throwing you? it
2: 50 times and you're not generating anything on the ground and he's getting sacked seven or eight times, there's a big problem there. It's for you, You're setting yourself up for for trouble. But I've been critical in the past of the running game, not performing when it needs to. And yesterday was a perfect, perfect example of how if you can run the ball well. And Joe Mixon did a fantastic job yesterday of staying in there. He ran it in different points of the game. He ran hard. He had looked he looked. Quick. I mean, when that there was one play, he ran to the outside. He had mm. a bit of space, and he looked really fast. He ran hard. He had a couple of bad plays. That guy on the false down when he slipped over. He'll want that one back. But there's been times when Mixon has churned up yards in meaningless games at the end of seasons mm. and padded his stats a bit. And I've been a bit critical of like, look, we need him playing. This guy's supposedly a top 10 back in the NFL. He needs to play well when it matters, like a Dalvin Cook, who yesterday, even though his stats didn't play well, I thought he actually did a very, very good job for them in a difficult situation. Mm. And I thought Mixon matched him and outperformed him, and he was excellent. And if he can, if Mixon can play like that week in, week out, he gets to the blocks, he gets the space, he would be a very, very dangerous weapon for us. And I thought he did an excellent job yesterday of taking the pressure off Joe Burrow, Grinding those yards out, 4.4, very nice, consistent, nearly 30 carries. He caught a few passes as well. He was very involved. I hope he can stay healthy and I hope he can keep that level of performance up because if he can, like I said, he's going to be a really, really really good weapon for us and something that we need because you don't want to be as one-dimensional as we was. When Mixon goes down, the drop-off from him to some RJP Ryan is quite... quite, quite significant and we don't want to be leaning on joe burrow 50 60 passes a game as positive as burrow was yesterday he did get sacked five times and he was limping off the field at one point and not to put a dampener on it but that can't happen we can't have five sacks a game um that needs okay okay well
1: let's talk about the offensive line because that's another area that obviously a lot of people were talking about both ourselves and both outside the fan base and the organization um Riley Reef and Jonah Williams zero pressures yesterday. Zero they gave it zero hits. So you can kind of safely say that um, the tackles did a pretty good job. Um Quinton Spain did okay, but I think he I think there was a blown blocking assignment at some stage in the first half, which allowed Nick Vigil just to kind of run straight through. And there were a few free runners that I was kind of a bit yeah. worried about. Yep. Trey Hopkins got abused twice by Michael Pierce. Yeah, um, he, yep. he, he yep. literally just threw him to the ground twice to record his two sacks. Trey Hopkins uh, was a worry yesterday. Now you know the Vikings have got a good defensive front. You know, um, Daniel Hunter was is great. Nick Vigil had a great game yesterday actually. Um, you know all those guys. Michael Pierce, as we mentioned, are really good. And you know, kind of their their linebackers and their blitzing safeties and whatnot. Um, the interior's got to be better, hasn't it? Still, yeah, that's still the the weak point, I think.
2: Yeah, definitely. And you just can't have Joe Burrow taking five sacks a game. I mean, that's as simple as it is. And yeah, only like we said yet earlier, he threw twenty seven times and. Obviously, you know, five of those turning into sacks. So, it, it, you know, that's the... Oh, sorry, obviously, it would have been five more on top of that. But he's that can't happen. And uh, the tackles, Riley Reef and Jonah Williams, I think, are good players. I think they'll do well. And like you said, it's fantastic they're not giving up any pressures. But the interior and the scheming and things like that need to improve. Because like you said, there was multiple occasions where free guys coming off the edge or straight through the middle and Burroughs looking and he's just got no time at all. Guy's straight on him and he's down for the sack. So, we need to protect him. We need a couple of games where he doesn't get sacked at all. and Or he has one, you know, maybe one yeah. or two. Um,
1: but the thing is, I think it
2: was a huge... Yeah, because uh, I
1: was just going to say, you're going to get sacked in an NFL game. It's just if you can limit yeah. it to two or three a game. Because I thought we had exactly. more sacks on C- Kirk Cousins and I was surprised it was only three. Because we just seem to be in his face all the time. But, yeah, a quarterback's always going to be sacked, always, in an NFL game. So it's just a case of limiting that. And you want... um, Aside from those moments, there were some nice pockets. And thankfully, right at the end, he had a nice pocket to to throw to Uzi at the end, didn't he? So, um, yeah, I thought it was... I mean, they're up against a good defensive front. I thought they played well, but... Uh, generally, certainly on the outside, um, but you know, I mean, there was one. I think uh, Daniil Hunter, uh, when he got his sack, he was he was up against Drew Sample, a tight end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't yeah. you don't have a tight end on the opposition's premium pass rusher. Do you know what I mean? Um, so there's some there's some kind of you know blocking schemes and blocking bits and bobs that they really do need to, to sort out there, I think. Um, but certainly encouraged with Reef and Jonah yesterday. I thought they were pretty good, you have to
2: say. I think it's always interesting when you break down a game after a win or a loss, because I think if we'd won yesterday... I'm oh, sorry, um, if we'd lost yesterday versus obviously now we've won, when you've won, you're confident, you're positive, you're not seeing things as too much of a problem. And I think the offensive line is kind of one of those. I think if you'd lost yesterday... We'd be sitting there saying, "Look, this can't happen." Five, five sacks—it's more of a worry. Whereas, actually, I'm on such a high from the win, I'm like, nah, I'd be all right." You know, I think it looked better. <laughs> I think it was fine. You know, they're lying it out. The Vikings have got good defense; it'd be fine. Um, but I think a win solves a lot of problems. You can kind of accept that not everything's perfect. We'll move on to the next game. But I think the offensive line in general will be an interesting one to uh, to follow. It's not going to be fixed in a, in one game, obviously. I think we've got a better unit they'll improve um and onto onto the bears you know i hope we can hope we can sure that up we need a couple of games where joe burrows kept clean and we bring down those hits and sack averages joe Burrow certainly will want that you don't want to see mm. him limp off the field i don't know if that's related to the knee if it's an ankle if it's completely something else
1: no he said he was all right in the press yeah question, of course
2: so. he's gonna i mean he's a tough cookie i mean he's gonna he's going to say that he's going to want to work through it. And I think for him to be completely honest, he, he actually will probably quite like the fact he's been hit a few times like we were saying in the pre-season and he's come out unscathed. And you could see what that pass to CJ meant to him after. Yeah, when he's very much so, yeah. Spain. It wasn't just a sort of I-5 oh, we've won the game. He there was some real, like, you know, he gave a bit of headbutt to Quinton Spain and you could tell he was really absolutely buzzing off of that, um, as was all of us. So for him, to go through a bit of a battle like that first game against a decent Vikings team it was sort of I would say the Vikings at the end of the season gonna be a very sort of middle of the pack yeah I think so
1: they've got a a pretty poor offensive line I have to say
2: yeah but they've got some good skill players and I think they'll be they'll be eight and nine nine and eight sort of team around that level and I think for us to win that game at home Joe Burrow coming back very very good win and for Joe boy he's gonna be Head over heels as he was um, with that performance, coming through adversity, taking some shots, winning the game at the end. Um and uh, you know what? It reminded me, I hate saying Go this, on. son. I hate saying it. I hate saying it. Reminded me. Of me. I don't like I don't like making sweeping comparisons, but <laughs> really? I said to my mates, I said to my mates <laughs> when Kirk Cousins was on the field, yeah, and he was moving them down the field for the Vikings to win it, and I, it cut to Burrow at one point, and he looked so pissed off. Yeah, And I said to my mates, I said, if he gets back on the field, we're going to win the game here because he just, he's got that, he, I've got that confidence in him that he can turn games to geezer. He's not. Yes. I love Andy Dalton. I loved him, but I never was always that confident. Like, Andy used to surprise me with Joe Burrow. I just, I said to him, I was like, if he gets that ball, we're going to win the game. Yeah. And I, he just, you could tell he was like, I'm taking control of this. And that's, a bit like Tom Brady, you know that you he, there's yeah, all those yeah. you know those things about him. He at the end of the game, he's like, right, I'm having this now, and he plays his best football when it matters. And I just think Joe Burrow's got the ability to do that in key moments, and he did it yesterday.
1: And yet, it took a fumble deep in Bengals territory yep. uh, for us to turn it around. I mean, it was real. It was almost like, oh. We've it lost wasn't this. a fumble.
2: I'd have been, I'd have been fuming if that was called against us. If oh, that I was
1: don't know. The ball was coming out. I think when his ass hit the ground. No, but it, but that cru, Crucially,
2: crucially, Mike Brown has paid that geezer <laughs> off.
1: <laughs> well, if it's Mike Brown, he's going to be paying a fiver and nothing more. Let's face it. So, um,
2: it's not going to be guaranteed
1: either. <laughs> no, absolutely. Well, we need to finish our reazione off by mentioning one person, really, don't we? Evan McPherson.
0: What actually? Knock, <laughs> knock,
1: knock, on Evan Do. Knock, knock, on. That's my uh, Axel Rose impression. Not very good, but there we go. Um,
2: what an absolute geezer!
1: Fifty-three yards, Biff in. No pro- Was it fifty-three? Was
2: it? It was more than that. Was
1: it? the Phil got there.
2: The fifty three was earlier in the game to give us a three point lead, and then the last one was the thirty three yarder. Absolutely to, to finish it off. I mean, if we're talking about the ring of honour, I think Evan McPherson's <laughs> got the gun in there instead of Chad, doesn't he, next year?
1: Definitely. Early days, yeah. I mean he's gonna miss some throughout his career. Let's hope he he scores more than he misses, but um certainly
2: great start for the rookie. I still I still think he could be like our rookie of the year. Honestly, this, I think he might. This is what we needed, though. And everyone in the preseason gets really overexcited or worried. Everyone's worried about Chase. Everyone excited about McPherson. And you can't have it both ways. Both of them deserved the praise and criticism they got. Chase answered his critics was unbelievable. Um, fair play to him. McPherson just carried on where he left off I mean he was absolutely in his first game kick a walk-off field goal and he said after the game that's the first of his career where he's just nailed one as time expired to do it in overtime and that that 33 yard kick obviously it's fairly you'd expect him to make it 98 times out of 100 but in front of a packed home crowd his first ever NFL game game on the line game on the line the geezer just effortlessly bang down the middle no issues and I was a bit worried and you normally wouldn't be but you think he's a young lad there's a lot going on there like I said packed crowd it's for the win easy and also 21 or I think it was when he hit the one to give us the three-point lead yeah yeah from 53 had room for another five ten yards at least and you think the confidence and the bollocks on the geezer, and that's. Really I, knew, I knew
1: I know, I know, I you're going to mention that word. I knew you're going to say how the big bollocks, it was bollocks on the The geezer. bollocks on the geezer that's going Randy on a t-shirt. Bullock. That is going on a t-shirt. <laughs> the bollocks on the geezer is going. It's on got a to be ever
2: McPherson, the bollocks on the geezer t-shirt. But Absolutely. that's Randy Bullock. Didn't have that. He was quite good from 37 when the game didn't matter, <laughs> and he could hit from 44, and he was quite consistent. But when it was like. The game on the line and big moments and stuff like that. That's where Bullock just didn't shine and you couldn't back him from 55-plus, really. It was sort of, if he did do it, it was more, you got a bit lucky. And I just think to have a young stud kicker with a bollocks on him like Evan McPherson, we're in a really good place there. He can be our kicker of the future.
1: Poor old Randy. He he had very small balls. (laughs) Very
2: small see, balls. Uh, talking of talking of kickers, I was watching a bit of red zone on the side of the Bengals oh, game. Oh yeah, old Austin Seibert over uh, um, the Lions. Uh, he had a fifty-two yarder, I believe Did it he? was. Good for him. And I, I, you know, we had a we had a, me and my friends had a bit of an accumulator rolling around with the Lions to win, which went terribly. It was the one game that let us down. But he missed a fifty-two yarder. Now he could have been the kicker, and you just think, old mm-hmm. Evan, no such troubles.
1: Good for him. Still got Wallop though, didn't he? Um, right.
2: No, I'm saying that I'm saying. but missed
1: it. Oh, sorry. I didn't. I was listening. I was just looking at my screen for. This is what happens. I, I tend not. I tend to zone out when you talk, Nathan. So no, uh, I, I apologize. <laughs> <it. laughs> right. Uh, before we get to our correspondents, of which there are many, as you can imagine, uh, we promised him and his Barry bullshit uh, talking about Jamal Chase. And now we're very pleased to welcome back to the podcast, uh, pro football farts, ace scoop journalist, Barry Bullshit. Barry, are you there? I am here, Paul. It's great to be with you. Well, it's, uh, it's a fantastic uh, to speak to you again. Now, as ever, you're our man to go to for Bengal scoops and uh, you have lots of sources and uh, uh, who knows who they are, but you do claim to have lots of sources who make uh, phone calls to you in the middle of the night. You've told me that before. Um, you, last week you wrote, or just before the games actually, you wrote a, a big column on Pro Football Fart um, where you said uh, Jamar Chase couldn't catch a ball. Uh, he couldn't see the ball. Uh, You called him or at least predicted that he was going to be the biggest bust in Bengals history. And uh, you also advocated that the Bengals should have kept John Ross. Uh, I mean, to use modern parlance, that uh, that article hasn't aged well, has it?
0: Well, you know, one game is a big fluke, Paul. I mean, anybody can have a big a big game every now and again. I mean, you could run, you could run yourself out there and one game out of 17, you're going to get 85 yards, 107 yards. Uh, so I think he's really just anybody could do what Chase did this weekend. It really does isn't indi- indicative of anything except for he's a uh, he's a red blooded American who knows how to play football. I mean, it's he's not really that special is what I'm saying.
1: Okay. well, you you also said that uh, you also compared him to his LSU teammate, Justin Jefferson, who was in the in the running for rookie of the year last year, didn't you? How do you think the two compared?
0: Oh, I think Justin Jefferson had a much better game. I mean, you look at his stat line, five catches, 101 yards and one touchdown. Just a killer game from Justin Jefferson, just continually showing the league who he is and why he is one of the best wide receivers in the game
1: right now, Paul. Uh, You say five catches for 101 yards and a touchdown, but I think you might be mixing him up with Jamar Chase because that is the stat line from Chase. Justin Jefferson something like 70 yards and a touchdown yesterday. So, I mean, Jamar Chase can catch. He caught the ball five times, 20.2 yards a catch average and a touchdown. Barry, well, I mean, he had he had a, a bunch of
0: drops too. I mean, right?
1: Uh, no, he, he no, 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 no. He caught uh, he caught pretty much every target that came his way and apart from uh, a touchdown and a bit, bit of gritty action. No,
0: that that doesn't. but I mean, I I have multiple sources on the inside and the, and the outside. Oh, uh, have you have you dropped something there, Barry? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. You, you know, I. No, just, you definitely
1: dropped something there, Barry. Uh,
0: so you're you're bringing up Paul. I'm about to go into an elevator inside Well, While, while of a I'm tunnel.
1: here, do you want to talk about your legal difficulties at the uh, moment, Barry?
0: No, no. I'm, I'm, a, a helicopter is uh, a. <laughs>
1: Anyway, there we go. That was Barry Bullshit. Always a pleasure to have him on and to put him straight. And you can uh, read his work at profootballfart.com. Nathan, do you enjoy a bit of Barry? I always
2: enjoy a bit of Barry some. Absolutely, yeah.
1: Um, Right, shall we get to your correspondences? Because there are quite a lot, as I warned. Dreams of witness at d witness. Will you join me in my optimism regarding the D-line? Holding penalties galore against them, which are as good as sacks almost. Good pressure up the middle. Everybody contributing. Interior O-line. Still a huge concern, though. But zero pressures allowed by the tackles Sounds good. Absolutely, Jimmy. Uh, Alex Humphrey at Alex underscore Humphrey. Packers fan here. Thank you, Joe Burrow. Might need to be thanking us again next week, Alex, after we beat the Chicago Bears. Hey? good on, the boy. Uh, Killian, um, him... With the Killian Irish name, I'm going to call him because I can't pronounce his name. <laughs> Sorry, Killian at Malloy uh, uh, underscore zero zero. Undoubtedly a huge win, especially for Zach. Now he needs to follow that up next week and make a real statement by going two and zero. Nice to see Jamar and Joe have good days. Hopefully the media backs off them now. But let's be real, they will probably milk it all year long.
2: It's a good point about Zach. I think that would be huge for him to go 2-0. I mean, he's had some good wins in his career, and like I said earlier, I think that's definitely the best one um, to date, getting that opening day win against the Vikings in front of a packed stadium, but you got a great opportunity going into Chicago to beat the Bears. They didn't look very good last night. They didn't, and did they? No, they didn't. We That's a game that we're not favourites, but we, can I really think is, we and if we go two and oh, that'd be a statement, wouldn't it? Absolutely. To be off to two and like I said before, this schedule's easy at the start. You've got some very very winnable games at the start. If we're going to do anything this season, you've got to win these ones because when you're going down the stretch, there's some real hard games there. So um, pick up, fill your boots where you can.
1: Absolutely, Nicholas Johnson at drums and guitar. Just an observation. At the stadium, it was surreal. That was that. There was that familiar sinking, deflated feeling during the fourth and overtime. We've seen this story a thousand times. And when Joe hit CJ with the play action, it just switched to pure stunned elation. Beautiful day. Nicholas, of course, is based in Cincinnati. And by the sounds of it, he was there. The lucky blighter. Uh, All at Armaduke panache.
2: Solid handle.
1: Lots to improve. Did you hear my solid handles last week, Nathan? Got quite a few comments actually.
2: I didn't actually know. No,
1: you need to go back and listen to uh, <laughs> my uh, attempts at solid handles. Um, there's been, there's been a up. few calls for me to, to carry on the solid handles, but you know, I know <laughs> I understand that you've copyrighted that uh, phrase and uh, I don't want to get into legal strife with you. So, <laughs> uh, anyway, Armaduke Panache says, as we won. Uh, it's all gravy, baby. And that sentence dedicated to Andrew Dockrell. Uh, if you know, you know. Lots of uh, lots to improve, like game management swinging from ultra-aggressive to ultra-conservative play call- calling was, shall we say, interesting. But we won. Always had a solid handle on the game. Fair point, that is. I mean, they did go from aggressive to conservative and back again quite regularly didn't they they almost kind of like like a boxer just sort of jabbing away then he swung you know had a big uppercut or a big left or right hook and then went back to jabbing again do you know what I mean
2: definitely Uh, the Bengals will learn you know Zach Taylor's still so early in his coaching career year three I think he's gonna get He's going to... I don't know. I think he's going to get better and better as he goes. And I think he almost himself needs the confidence of making some of these decisions and them paying off. He's a young lad, and... Yeah. I I just think he's going to get better and better. But I'm not convinced by him yet. But I think a game like yesterday, where he makes a few questionable calls and they come out on top, will give him more confidence than anyone will know. So... As we move forward, I'm, I'm hopeful that these decisions, these aggressive moves and stuff, start to start to pay off more and more. He's certainly got the personnel there now. So fingers crossed, um, as we move forward, the, these coaching calls will get better. And the jury's still out, but Aguiza took a, a big step forward yesterday, and fair play to him.
1: Matthew at our underscore M4TT. I was raging last night. Despite a win, we almost snatched defeat from the jaws of victory. But I've calmed down a lot overnight. Burrow is back, (laughs) Chase can catch, the D-line are rabid, Um, the O-line can finally block and McPherson is the second coming of Jesus. Overall, a great (laughs) Sunday.
2: I can understand his rage because when Dalvin Cook took that ball inside, I think he got to about the 40 or wherever it was, I was just... I was fuming, and I, it just felt we were back to square one again, and everything else. And that's why I was so proud of the team for turning that round and, like you said, taking the the win from the jaws of defeat at the end. But I can see how you could look at it the other way and say, actually, look, we were up by two scores here. Yeah. We were much the better team. We we're at we home. Almost almost and we almost threw it away.
1: Almost. And we almost
2: threw it away. And in some ways, like I said, that if, if I was the Vikings. I would not be happy at all with that call. If it wasn't called on the field and they said, look, he was down by contact, 100%, I think that they they would never have been able to. Even if the Bengals had challenged, they wouldn't have been able to get it over at all. It was all on that call on the field, and I think more often than not, they like to let the ball play out because then, obviously, you can go back and challenge it. If they just call it dead, um, it's a little bit more difficult, I think. So, we got a bit lucky there, but... But I think a lot of people
1: we... are talking about that 4th and 1 call on the 30 as well. That's what they're talking about. Yeah. That's what they think is, you know, throwing the game away. You know, you're just handing momentum back to the opposition. And yeah, yeah. suddenly, you know, you're in that position at the end of the game. Um, anyway, we won the game. So, you know, li- well, mate, you all, live and learn, bit, don't you? It all
2: learn. feels a bit sweeter when you win, doesn't it, my son? Oh, yes.
1: Uh, Derek Young at Mr. Deggsy. some Solid handle. Some really... First-time caller, I think, Derek. Welcome. Uh, some really encouraging signs, including a great first start for the kicker. And for once, the looks seem to go our way. The fumble in overtime. The offensive line properly protecting Burrow will probably be the difference between winning and losing half of the games this season. Uh, CJ, who... CJ... Um,
2: Solid handle.
1: Uh, pleasantly, you'll be quite generous See, with a win, you're more generous with the solid oh, annals I'm much more well. generous
2: on the solid animals when we win
1: See, yeah, uh, Pleasantly surprised by the pass rush In particular, uh, interior D-line Stopping the run As well as getting to the passer. A couple of questionable play calls But getting the win is the main thing Borough is only going to get better As the season goes on Want to know who day?
2: Son, I haven't asked you this We haven't even really talked about it Which seems outrageous What Quickly, what's your thoughts on Borough? You thought it looked quality?
1: Yeah, there was a couple of passes actually. There was one to the sideline for Tyler Boyd. Um um in the first half, but it was a really beautiful pinpoint throw. Uh and Boyd, Boyd even though the boy uh, the boy, the boy Boyd didn't get too, you know, didn't get loads of yards or or targets yesterday. He made a couple of terrific catches as ever. Um but, yeah, lovely deep throw to uh, Jamar. I mean, it's a very similar play to to one they've executed a lot at LSU, that just kind of go route where he just kind yeah. of runs past his defender and, you know, Joe Boy just has to throw it his way, really. But that's all about mental processing at the line. He looked at, you know... Looked at how Chase was like one on um, one on one. Is it Breland, the the cornerback for the Vikings? Yeah, Shal Breland. Yeah, and he was apparently showing sort of like he was going to sit shallow. Uh, he was anticipating a short route. So you know, um, it's all about mental processing and seeing the field. So I think you know he's still got it. Um, it'd be interesting going forward. I mean, certainly mobility wise, he looked he looked absolutely fine, didn't he? You, I don't think you could kind of. Question? Anything really? I didn't spot any uh kind of wary-looking rollouts or kind of tentative uh, stuff going on there. I thought he did a pretty good job.
2: Perfect from the Bengals' point of view because you only give him twenty-seven um, chances to throw the ball. You still get the win. He by no means was at his best, but he was still very good, and that's what is a sign of an excellent quarterback. I was. Delighted at how he performed. There, yeah. didn't turn the ball over, didn't fumble the ball. Just a really efficient performance, and like the icing on the cake and the the cherry on the sundae was that beautiful little weighted pass to CJ for the win. Mm. couldn't have gone better. I don't think we could have asked for much more in his first game back from that, and to get the win, even though he's clearly you know working his way back. So incredible, really.
1: Uh, Bengal's captain. Bengal's captain. Hello, Jeremy. The energy, the vibe, it was absolutely different. We're turning a corner back to winning ways, and yesterday was a huge step forward. Here, here. Let's hope it continues. Richard Dixon at Lord Rixendale. Solid handle. <laughs> that sounded more like my solid handle last week. No thoughts on the game, although it was hugely entertaining. No, this is just a quick note to say I'm really looking forward to the podcast. It's always so much more enjoyable to listen to when celebrating a win. And Lord, that hasn't happened very often. So what you're telling us is that you've not enjoyed this podcast at all over the past three years, really. It's
2: funny, isn't it? Because how many listeners have listened to this podcast when we've just been breaking down awful losses and (laughs) games that have been thrown away and blowouts and me and you talking about coaches and should they have done this and that? And like I said, it all feels so much more rosy um, after winning. I guarantee you our listeners are up this week. Everyone will be in a good mood. Twitter will be stewing a, a nice sweet stew there won't be people rowing <laughs> it's going to be all rainbows and unicorns until we play the the Bears next Sunday
1: um, Stewing a nice sweet stew talking of stew <laughs> uh, no he's he's back he's back soon I think Stew. Mars at Moz 92 defence minus Eli Apple looked good let's hope Wayne's is available sooner rather than later we did a really good job on cooking by large but we definitely have plenty of things to iron out. But it's a win versus a decent team, not to be sniffed at. But we
2: made. Trey Wayne's is making a nice bit of money for himself, isn't he? The geezer <laughs> he's came on to us last year. He didn't play one game last year. The geezer and earned a fat load of money. And this year, I think he's one of the highest play players on the uh, paid players on the team. And again, obviously, he's not healthy and he's missed nearly a year in half for football. So get the geezer back soon. I'd love to see what he's got.
1: Nigel Granger at Fleet Underscore Risk. It appears that the journo's got it wrong. Shock horror. Joe can pass. Chase can catch. Zach is going to go for the win and will try and demolish an opponent. We are in for a stressful season if we repeat this game every week. We are unbeaten this season. Yeah, I I think um, that's true.
2: Cardiac cats.
1: Wow, bring him back. Goodness me, it was Cardiac Cats again yesterday, wasn't it, really? It
2: really was,
1: yeah. Uh, slam Dunk at Slam Dunk The Funk.
2: Solid Handle.
1: Also Zach's post-game. The relish that you're saying, that the verb that you're saying the Solid Handles with is really quite something tonight, Nathan, I must say. That's is, how I feel, my son. You it's know, the winning we... habit, isn't it?
2: Oh, When was the last time we won a meaningful game like this? You know what I mean?
1: Exactly. No, I agree. I absolutely agree. Anyway, Duncan says uh, Zach's post-game interview about his thoughts on the fourth and one from our own thirty. Great idea, poor execution, and would we'll do it differently next time. I like this reflection as he wants to get better. Can't be doing with people calling for him to go mid-game uh, game one. The team are invested in him. I, I, you know, no one's calling for his head just yet. If they are, they're a bit daft. But I mean, I think he does need to improve those his decision making at times. I think.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said, if we'd lost, I think I'd be fully agreeing with you. But we won, and that's all that matters in football. I want to see how it develops over the course of no, the season. absolutely, yeah. And I'm thrilled for him. it. You know, it, it, as, as as everyone yeah. knows,
1: we're, we're big fans of Zach as a person, and I think, yeah, he's a talented guy, so I want him to succeed, so...
2: You've got a basic body of work. We've had two years. I think a lot of people are questioning it. We won a big game yesterday at home. Let's have a see how it goes over sort of 9, 10, 12 games, see what our record is and base it on that. I think it's, it's far, far too early this season to jump to conclusions either way. There's going to be good and bad decisions by every coach in the league, every game. Uh, let's not dwell on them too much until we've got a bit of a bigger body of work.
1: Donnie at Don leapt out of his seat when Burrow passed to Chase for the touchdown. That was fantastic to see after the preseason concerns. Feels like we have a team with potential. Great that McPherson hit the field goal for the win, that fourth and one. Call on our own. 30, though. Can't be having that. Who day? Who day to you, Donnie? Who day? Nathan Sangara at uh, Punjay 93. Joe Burrow is back. Uh, Chase can catch, was never worried about that. D-line got after it properly, and the stones for that fourth and inches play in overtime was huge. Still got general issues with Zach Taylor situationally, but uh, a bit too cautious uh, yesterday. But overall, absolutely buzzing with the win. Sean at Disciple of Ange. Um, Solid handle. That was interesting. We just can't make it easy and ice out a game, can we? Fun though, and it doesn't get it doesn't matter if you win by three or thirty, a win is a win. True,
2: true, true.
1: Um, Michael Smith at Yadar teaches
2: Zumba. Um, he's got a new... Has he changed his angle? from he has, he has. And he's not even getting a solid hand for that's a terrible decision on his part. <laughs> I thought
1: the pressure the D line exerted made life difficult for cousins all day and mixed and played. He had a point to prove and how good does it feel to have a reliable kicker. Let's bring the Houdet train to Chicago and unleash our inner Harambe on Dabers. Absolutely. Shaquille Ida Talley at Shaquille underscore AFC. Thoughts on going for it on fourth down in the third? Seems silly on your own 30, but I absolutely love the idea, but not just the play call. Aggressive football with the offence we have and the defence playing the way they were is chef's kiss. Uh, Scott Gibb at Scott Gibb won a grueler yesterday thanks to Evan McPherson and the ice water in his veins we pulled out the dub Mondays are so much better after a Bengals win now on on to a big one versus the beautiful bearded ginger man Um, Matt Moon at Matt Moon felt like most of the first choice players show they are good enough to win so focus uh, will move more to Zach and lose play calling getting that early season win is huge Great to see PBS so lively, although far too much purple in the stands for my liking. Uh, Andrew Dockrell at Dockers 77, fourth and 1 at the 30 still gives me nightmares. They only scored 7. Make them go 80 and use the clock. Still a lot of work to go and far from reassured on game management. But but Trey, I'm guessing he says Hendrickson, looked good value for money. And if we can get Eli Apple off the field, that D is going to be even better. Memphis Soul Stewart, Stuart Baird, 688. I oh, said I would wait to see how, number, how our number one draft pick would go. He had a cracking game. On the basis of game one, it's going to be a wild ride. Um, Jamie at Trekwart Beast. Firstly, good but we're to see. he's still going. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to finish off I in love a it today. Um, Jamie at Trekwart Beast. Firstly, good to see Nathan is back voicing the Geico Lizard. Secondly, secondly, why the hell did we not go for it on fourth and three from the Vikes 45 with two minutes left? Converting that wins the game. You have Burrow, three top receivers, mix and tight ends, get three yards and win the game. It's a tricky one, isn't it? I mean, I guess this is why coaches get paid the big, big dollar, really. They have to make decisions like that. But uh, fourth and three is different from fourth and one. And I agree, it's it's in their territory and you can ice the game, it would be hugely aggressive, but um I don't know. I
2: I again I probably You kinda of have to throw the ball at that point. Then you? You, yeah. you you can't really you can't really gamble running it. Um You can't run it for, with three yards, yeah. no way. No, not in that situation. So obviously you gotta put the ball in Burrow's hands again and all of a sudden that becomes a lot more difficult than just trying to sneak it or bash it up the middle for one. So um, I don't know, you can question these play calls. I think they're always easy in hindsight to question. I think if you, you know, even with that one, I mean, we, you can't tell me we wouldn't all be sat here on this podcast today saying Zach Taylor was a genius of a coach if on that fourth and one from the 30, Mixon gets two yards and we kill the game off and win it by three touchdowns. You're saying, oh, I love this aggression. We're going to be fantastic. I think, you know, you've got to be careful sometimes in hindsight. So we won the game. I don't want to, at this point, look too much into Zach's play calling until we start losing as a result of it.
1: Breaking news, Zach, as we record this on the Monday evening. Has he been sacked? No, he hasn't been <laughs> sacked. Uh, he is giving a press conference and he says that Trey Waynes will be out for this week' uh, week's game against the Bears. So i wait to see Trey Waynes in a bengal's uniform uh, continues um listen guys thanks so much you know it's it, it is uh, we keep banging on about it but uh, it is a different feeling isn't it to have a podcast and a community that is experiencing a win which sounds kind of pathetic after two or three years doesn't it but here we are um so it's great thanks to everyone for getting in touch and um before we go I must wish a very happy 10th birthday to uh, Harry Ellis. So, uh, yes, happy birthday, Harry, and a big Who day to you. Nathan, do you want to wish Harry happy birthday? As well, it's important to, to, to keep those younger fans coming through.
2: 100%. Happy birthday, Harry, my son. Who day to you and a very happy 10th birthday.
1: And as ever, you can talk to us throughout the week, really, uh, on uh, at Who underscore... UK on Twitter, Bengals UK on Facebook. We will be back with our predictions at the end of the week. We will be back with our online tailgate at the end of the week, 4.30pm. We should have some live music uh, this weekend, so watch out for that. Um, But, yeah, let's just quickly talk about the Bears, Uh, Nathan. I think, I mean, we mentioned it earlier. I do think, you know, their offensive line is in... As much, if not more, disarray than the Vikings. Uh, we're playing Andy Dalton, um, who you know, not a top tier quarterback. Let's be brutally honest about this. Uh, their defense isn't as uh, as what it was. Um, they don't have like you know, leap off the page uh, skill position players. So I, I mean, I I'm, I tipped them for a win. Uh, in our season preview in Chicago, and I'm not going to change my mind, frankly.
2: It's such a interesting game for the Bengals because I completely agree with what you just said about the Bears. Andy Dalton's not a top tier quarterback at all. I don't even think he's top half at this point in his career. Running back Montgomery's decent. He had a fairly good game last night. You've got Alan Robinson's decent. Colk Met's okay. Um,. Jimmy Graham, I mean, you're not losing sleep about him at this point in his career. And then, obviously, the defence is strong, but maybe not as, um, as, not as good as it uh, once was. Khalil Mack, obviously, is the, the headline yeah, player there. Yeah. We should win, really. I know the bookies don't fancy us. I think the Bears are um, – I think we're sort of plus th- – uh, sorry, the uh, yeah, we're plus three, so just ever so slight underdogs, but obviously they're at home. So, basically, the bookies <laughs> are saying they think we're the same team on paper. The Bears are being given the nod because they're at home. I really think we're a much better team than the Bears. I really do. I think we've got more at the skill position level. I think we've got a much better quarterback. Um, I think we should win the game. It's such an important game for us because the difference between going two and zero, getting some momentum, really being like right. Because I'm not being funny. You look at the teams in the division. Our division's going to be really difficult. Um, to get a foothold in this year. Pittsburgh are very good. The Browns look good Can you believe the Steelers
1: went to Buffalo and won that? No, I know. I
2: know. I, I can believe it because the Steelers are always competitive. They're normally always in the mix. And obviously the Ravens playing tonight. The Browns gave the Chiefs a really good run. Um, so I, I think that that division is going to be really hard to get a foothold in. And we need to win games like against the Bears. That's a game that we've got to go in there and win. And I think for Zach Taylor's sake, if he wants to really, you know, cement himself as the coach and gain some more respect and get the team close towards the playoffs, that is a game that we have to win. Um, and I know it's early in the season, but we, that's, we've that's we got to get that by the scruff of the next son, and get ourselves to 2-0 and because we should.
1: I'm in agreement with you, Nathan, and I hope we do. The last time we played Chicago, we lost a game that we really should have won, and that still sticks. You were there, weren't you, Sam? No, I wasn't there, no, no, but I was there in spirit, and that still sticks in my craw, that game does. We really should have won, and Don was the quarterback that day, actually.
2: Um. Anyway. You were there, though, when they got battered by the Bears, weren't you?
1: No, I mean, sorry, in Chicago, not in Cincinnati. Right, right, yeah. right, sorry, sorry. Sam. Sorry, I, I should have said, the last time we played Chicago, in Chicago. Um, Chicago we should have won um, and the last time we played Chicago I was there we got battered at home in 2017 <laughs> anyway that was worth it wasn't it um, of course it was it was fantastic and um, so that's enough for this week um, thank you so much for listening remember our meet up on October the 17th Sunday October the 17th to commemorate and celebrate the uh, fifth year anniversary of the Bengals coming over to London to play at Wembley and also to watch with us the Cincinnati Bengals at the detroit lions so that's sunday we should
2: win that should we the state of the lions yesterday i mean that, they that made a bit a very... of a comeback
1: though they made a hell of a comeback
2: I, they did make a hell of a comeback to be fair to them but you'd, you'd fancy us wouldn't you in that game so it could well, be a at very the moment enjoyable...
1: we'll see how they get on do you know what after last night you fancy us against the Packers, to be honest with you but uh anyway, nothing, nothing
2: after last night it's like you're fancying this to go away you know <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, <laughs>
2: You got. You got to be thinking fourteen or fifteen wins. You know, get. Can a bye. you imagine?
1: Can you imagine that?
2: Get I a buy, sneak our way through to the. You know, obviously win the AFC title game with ease, and then obviously it might be a difficult game in the Super Bowl. But I think everyone's thinking the same after that, though.
1: No, I don't think so, Nathan. I do really... <laughs> But it is great to have football back, and. Uh, And it's great to celebrate a Bengals win. Bring on next week and hopefully you'll be back with us. So until that time, it is a Who Day from me.
2: And a Who Day from me. Cheers, guys.
1: And it should also be noted that the views and opinions expressed within this podcast do not reflect those of the Cincinnati Bengals organisation.